y'all know how I, I really don't really care about uh, getting a lot of credit, and uh, I'd rather just kind of be stuck back in a corner somewhere, and just because it's all about God, it's all about Him. God convinced us in 1982, my wife and I actually in 81, wouldn't leave us alone. Some of you may not understand that, but uh, where you just had this heavy, heavy burden, and it just come on you, driving down the road. We had doors opening for us, uh, pastor jobs, assistant pastor jobs, larger churches, uh, had revivals to preach. Play, it just was not, it was not like we didn't have any place to go. Uh, but God just kept moving on us to go up, you know, up here in the mid-Atlantic states. And I had never been here, really. I, I, I had gone to North Carolina. That's about as far north as I was going on, over here. But God kept directing us right here. And so we ended up here. Went to Bishop Wright's church, the first place we went. Amen. Met him and uh, Sister Wright and stayed in, in Annapolis for about, for about a month. Was it a month or two months? I'm 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 sounding I'm sounding hollow again. Hallelujah. Y'all do something with that back there. Praise God. Y'all gotta make me look good and sound good. Praise God. I, I realize it's been a little bit of time uh here and I, I, I I'm pressured not to preach a whole long sermon here, but maybe just the thought, is that okay? Just maybe a thought in just a few minutes. That way that way I can earn my keep. And uh, do what I'm supposed to do here. Really, really, really felt this in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You know, the Word of God just keeps confronting me. Because my mind will create a God of my liking. We're qualified. We're capable of doing that. Because that means we can do just about anything wrong or bad or good or in between and then justify it some way. But the Word of God keeps getting in my way. It gets my attention. It stops me in my tracks. Somebody the other day, I was witnessing to a really nice-looking guy, sharp guy. could tell he was seeking after God, some type of a church person. I said, listen, and I am an elder now, uh, and I, I feel like I can just go ahead and take a little bit of authority. I said, it's not that people are preaching false doctrine so much. It is false doctrine out there. It, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. But it's not so much of that, Brother Young, anymore. It's just that major denominations just leave out most of Scripture that's inconvenient or that they don't like it anymore or their congregations don't like it anymore. They just leave that part out. Had a guy pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here. We like, listen, I know that most people say Holy Spirit now. But the King James, I just love Holy Ghost. That's what I, if y'all don't mind, I'll just use that. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I knew he was connected to a major denominational church. And I don't like to cross swords with people all the time. You know, when two people fuss, nobody gets saved over that. You, so you have a debate, you, you might can do something, but if you argue and fuss, that's, that's not my purpose. But I knew that he got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, just like they did on the, Pente- on the day of Pentecost. The same experience that was promised to you and your children and all those that are far off and as many as the Lord our God shall call. And no, there's no place where it stopped. No scripture for that, none. Got him in the water and had him baptized, not in the titles, but we use that name that Paul said is above every name. The, the name that every knee shall bow to and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. And by the way, Jesus said all power is given to me in heaven and earth. If there was another God up there, he has no power. But he had already said there's no God beside me, there's no God before me, there'll be, there's no God after me. I'm the only one. I'm the one. The Jews got that. And you know that's why the Jewish people have problems with Christianity? Because we divide him up and he's got three heads. Anything with the three heads is a freak. I'm being plain today. I said the word of God will confront us. It'll hem us up in a... If if you love the word of the Lord, you can make it through this thing, folks, because tradition 
is the toughest and the hardest thing you'll ever have to deal with. But we got the guy baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's what it's for. And the original text said even stronger than that. He said it was for the forgiveness of sins. So if you repented of your sins and you've not been baptized in his name, your sins are not even forgiven yet according to the Scripture. Oh, but he's a good God. But I know he is. And that's why sends hard heads like me along just preach the truth to you. Stop. Obey the scripture. Praise God. I hadn't done this in a while, y'all. But the, I, I was curious, so I asked the guy, I said, what did your church do with this kind of experience? No, I, no, I didn't ask him, what did they did do with the book of it? What did they do with the book of Acts? What'd y'all? He said, we just skipped it. We just skipped it. Didn't the Bible in Revelation say if you add to or you take away? All right, he talked about that lake of fire when he was explaining all of that. Praise God. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Let me read you a scripture and I'll let you be seated. Just I promise I'm not going to preach this whole thing. 1 Samuel 17 verse 26. And some of y'all are like, man, yeah, that, that short sermon, right. But I will. I will. I'll try my best, okay? I, I won't, I, I'm just not good preaching to a captive audience. Amen. Seven, 1 Samuel 17, 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? As you know, that's where Goliath had withstood the armies of the living God, Israel, by the way. Amen. And nobody was willing to go out and fight this almost 10-foot-tall guy with all the mail, the armor, all the stuff. Amen. A spear like a weaver's beam. Huge. Huge. Amen. Amen. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The circumcision had to do with covenant. Israel's the only nation that did that. All right? They started it. And what he was saying is, who is this dude out here? who does not have a covenant with God. Oh, and by the way, if you want to trace that on to the New Testament, baptism, Paul said, is just like, just like the circumcision. It's a type of it. So let's just leave bat- baptism out. Or let's just say, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got baptized. But if you don't, it's okay. Nobody ever said that in the Bible, okay? But that's what he was saying right here. Who is this uncircumcised, this man who has no covenant with God? this Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. Who is this? Praise God. Look around at your neighbor. Smile at him. Amen. Wave at him. Do something. Praise God. So good to see you all in the house of God. Amen. And I'm going to let you be seated. Amen. Just for a few minutes. Praise God. Hey, Chuck, it's good to see you back here. Praise God. Wanda, good to see you all. Amen. Who's this guy with you? Aaron. Yeah. Aaron, good to see you, bub. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whoever else is in. Julie, good to see you, sweetheart. Praise God. Amen. I promise you, I won't, I, that coffee sounds pretty good to me back there. You can't preach and fight against something like cupcakes that Sister Kelly made. You just can't, okay? So I'm not even going to try to. Amen. But this is, this is a powerful, just a little bit taken out of this scripture text here that we need to get. Listen, after being scolded by his oldest brother here uh, and told that he needed to go home and leave the fighting to the men. Now, we can draw ourselves our own scenario about what's happened to us. You can't do that. You're not qualified. You don't have the education to do that. You don't have the finances. So, so on and on, we can make our own because this can become relevant to us in our situation. Amen. But in verse 29, and David said, what have I done now? <laughs> is there, and here's my, here's my title, is there not a cause? Yeah, my title is simply this, a boy with a cause. Not even with a grown man, an adolescent, a teenager. A boy with a cause. Folks, listen, this cause has to be bigger than we are. You're going to keep justifying doing or not doing whatever you choose until you get a cause that's bigger than you. 
Praise God. I'm I'm, going to just hang on that just for a little while, but if we don't get very much further than that right there, I'm okay. The cause that, that, that was so much larger than me making a living. I know that people, you know, you got jobs, you got work. That's all, that's all accepted. You have to do that. We have bodies we have to take care of. We have families to understand all of that. But your cause will get bigger than any of that. Because all those can become excuses and reasons why or why not, all right? But the cause, when they were, when they were drafting during the world, in the, uh, in the Vietnam War, I dreaded it. I hated it. We made statements like they don't take one-armed people because the draft was going on. When you hit 18 years old, your classification 1A would come in. All of my friends, amen, were getting all those. I got mine after October the 4th, and so there, I was just dreaded. We'd say, they don't take one-armed people, so they don't have to pull one of mine off to get me there. Dreaded it. It was a political war. Nobody wanted to go to Vietnam, all right? Nobody, amen, including me. And, and, but my mom and dad was praying for me uh, not to go, and it ended up where I did not have to go. But you know what? When they turned me down because of this BB that was almost put my left eye out, that was the purpose, that was the reason uh, that they wouldn't take me. But, but I had gotten to a point where I, Brother Thompson, where I said, I, I, I guess I've just got to go. I just, I have to go. Right on till the time I went and took my physical in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hundreds of young men lined up. And when you got done with that physical and you took that written test, went through whatever they had to, then they shipped you off the basic train. You didn't get to go home. And I was already geared up, ready. I thought I was going to have to go, and I was just going to make the best of it. I'm going to be the best soldier they have. I'm going to fight harder than anybody else. I'm going to get through that boot camp with flying colors. They're going to see what I can do. And I was one disappointed young man when they said, you can't go. I thought I'd messed around and played around with the test. I didn't care if I, you know, just kind of one of those things. I didn't want to not have to go because I was dumb or stupid. So I hung around and asked the sergeant, why did, did you not? He said, it's your eye. I said, okay, that makes me feel better, amen, because I didn't try very hard on any of the written tests or any of the other tests. But I was ready to go. But, I was, but listen, there was a cause. There was a purpose. There had to be a reason. I don't think Vietnam was a really good reason, but people went into that thing, amen, saying we are going to win this fight one way or the other. Amen. Got pulled out, didn't get to do that. But, but something bigger than you are has to get a hold of you. It's a selfish, I, I, I'm not criticizing, I don't want to be ugly to anybody or me, but we live in a selfish generation. Pe- people laugh at me, Brother Thompson, when I, younger people especially, I'm not trying to say, listen, we got wonderful young people coming along, and we're going to trust this church and the Word of God and the power of God to the younger generation. No problem, God can take care of it. But when I was a kid, amen, l- listen, my, my parents bought me and my brother, Jerry, a bicycle together. One bike, two boys. A bad idea. He was three years older than me, and I followed that bike crying. Saying, my turn, my turn. (laughs) Miles and miles crying, saying, my turn. But I remember looking at a bike in in the Sears catalog. There it was. In fact... Where the bikes were, it'd just fall open right to that spot. I'd looked at it so much. I knew right where it was. I've had one picked out. And somebody, an adult would come by, my mom, my dad, anybody. They'd say, oh, you like that? Yes, I do. Well, guess what? You work hard, study hard in school, work hard, you can get to buy that bike. Now you've got kids who think you owe it to them. No, no, no. Go to work. Amen. Somebody told me I couldn't talk about working in the cotton fields. I don't know if that's a, a, a catchphrase or a trigger word for, you know, people that are prejudiced or what. Listen, no, I really did work in the cotton field. And I didn't own the cotton field. It was black folks all around me. We had more fun. We had a blast. It was times when, it was times when the, you know, people, we were segregated. We didn't get to go to school with black folks. But there I was in the cotton field and nobody, that work had to be done. The grass had to be cut out of the cotton. And there I was surrounded, a whole bunch of us, surrounded with black people all around and we all made the same amount of money 
we made $3 a day working in the cotton field. And we were glad to get the job. There was no Walmarts. There was no McDonald's. There was no Burger Kings. No, no such thing. If there was, they certainly wasn't in our little country town. So if you had a job, you got one on the farm. But you just worked for a living. There was a cause. There was a purpose. I remember my brother paid $10 for a pair of shoes, and I thought, oh, my goodness, $10. Because we paid 5 or $6 for our shoes. Good leather shoes. They weren't plastic or vinyl either, leather shoes. So you could buy a shoe. You could work a week or two weeks, and you could have enough money to get school clothes. Get two or three shirts, two or three pair of Levi jeans. $3 a day. Some of y'all look at me like, man, I think that preacher is lying. <laughs> That's the truth. Praise God. But we have to have a cause. That's what David was asking about. Is there not a cause? Or maybe we could say, is there not a reason? Is there not a purpose? Let me tell you, let me give you a few purposes. There's a place called heaven. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the... We, we cannot, he was saying, you cannot imagine how glorious and how wonderful and how beautiful. You can't, you, you, it, it's never entered into the heart of man, the good things. It's God's gone away to prepare for those who love him. That's what we're talking. There's a reason. There's a cause right there. And me to play games with that, me to say, oh, I don't believe that scripture. Well, I don't know. I see it. In a, listen, I, when I came into the church, whatever the church told me to do, I just, Sister Carol, I just did it. I knew I didn't know the scripture. I see, saw people praising God, speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Brother Ruck, we saw the and witnessed the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Prophecy would go forth. And I would feel chill bumps go up and down my back. My hair would stand up on the back of my neck. Not in a, not in a demonic, ugly kind of way, but a beautiful kind of a way, a respective kind of a way. Tongues interpretation would go forth. And I, nobody had to explain that to me. I knew that was a God thing. And God spoke to us and talked to us. And I yielded to that. When they told me I needed to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, I didn't know enough scripture to argue against that. So they took me in that old muddy pond with snakes and all kind of stuff in there and, and put me down in that water. That's what baptism means, by the way. Plunge. Baptizo means to plunge, go under. It's a type of a grave. Amen. That's what Paul said, buried with him in baptism to rise, to walk in newness of life. Now, that's a reason right there. That's a purpose. That's a cause right there, folks. Amen. It has to get a hold of us. And it has to be bigger than our plans. It has to be bigger than COVID. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I just feel like this. There's a lot of good Christian believers just at a standstill. Don't know why. Just like Israel, defeated, afraid, angry, discouraged, depressed. Listen, oh, church, oh, it's a nice place to go. Really? Yeah, who's got the best programs? Who's got the best music? Who's got the the classiest preachers, the best buildings. It, it, it goes beyond all of that, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's use our scripture text here to see how David responded to this defeated and fearful situation. David's first question was, who is this person that defies the armies of the living God? It's good to know who your enemy is. Good to know who, who, who really, amen. The very first step is to find out who your enemy is. Let, let's use the process of elimination here. The person who shouts too loud in church is not your enemy. The selfish person who never shows up when there's a, a work day or work to be done, he's not your enemy either. The people who may be a problem but they're not your enemy. We got to figure this out, folks. Amen. Unfriendly people and obnoxious people can frustrate and bother us, but they are not our adversary. It's important that we know the difference between what bothers us and who our real enemies 
is or are. The, the real enemy would like nothing better than for us to stay aggravated and frustrated about nothing or about things that don't matter. Listen to me, church. Our communities have been in bondage too long. Good church folks have a yoke around their neck that has been placed there by false teachers and have a form of godliness and deny the power. Don't even expect a miracle. Expect a nice song on key. Expect order. Expect everything. You know, that's what's being taught. That's a yoke, friend. There are unbelievers and there are those who preach unbelief. I, my, my sights are right on leaders today. Right on leaders. That's, you know, the blind lead the blind. They all fall into the... Listen, you can say something over and over. You can keep saying it, and after a while, people will believe it. I, I can think of a few right off. They think it's in the Bible. How about... Let me give you one right here. Accept Christ as your personal Savior. Find me that scripture and bring it to me. But, but there's people, thousands, millions probably, well, I accepted the Lord. That's not even biblical language. All right, we got too quiet here. I got to preach my little message here. Praise God. But there's a lot of them in there. After you hear it, and 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 after a while, well, you know, I'm all right, and you're all right. There's another one. No, you ain't all right, and neither am I. None of us are. We need God. We need an overwhelming Holy Ghost revival earth-shaking, revival of fire, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who preach it, their message is there is a giant in the land and the cities have walls. And there's no way to do this thing. This is an enemy to the church. I'm hoping somebody's hearing me. Amen. Listen, he said he would make a way where there seemed to be no way. That's the language of the Scripture. Hallelujah. That, that, and I got to get this in. David's next question was, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Listen, I can give you a whole bunch of them. I won't have time to do this. Amen. How, how, how about a wife? How about a job? How about somebody just talked about it here? You know, I, I thank the church. It's thanking me, but it's really the church. You know, I've got a home. I've got security. Amen. I've got a wife. I've got a family. All because of the church. Happiness, security, peace of mind. What, what, what about the revival that God has promised? Amen. Most of us do not realize the magnitude of what we're a part of. I mean, it's bigger than any of us. Bigger than any of us. When the message of the gospel is preached, things begin to happen because it is backed up by God Almighty. Not, not because any of us are powerful. It, it, it's, it's God's idea. Now, David was just a small piece of a great big puzzle. And so are we. Just knowing that I am connected to a vast network of power and authority helps me to step out in faith for this church. Number one, notice, notice how David brought God into the picture. He said, who is this that defies the armies of the living God? I think a good Christian believer will bring God into everything. And his, that's, not, that's not all. We believe that God is the answer to everything. That's called wholehearted. We're in this thing. Amen. Listen, I, I'm going I'm to have to stop here. Amen. But, but number two, he broke rank with the fearful and the doubters. David walked toward the problem, trusting God to walk with him. Amen. If you want defeat, just hang out with losers. You want to be hang out with people who brag about themselves. You ever around a person that the whole conversation is about them? Won't well, shut up. Won't stop. You just figure that out pretty quick. Ours is going to turn to God. Ours is going to turn to the things of God. What's God doing? What's God's people doing? How are they doing it? Amen. Listen, I don't want to lose a one of you, but I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to strong arm you either. Amen. But until we learn that this world system is not our friend, amen, and we can't, it can't be our buddy. Hallelujah. Amen. Until we learn to come apart from the things that God calls sin. 
Amen. We, we can't party with the devil on Saturday. Amen. And shout with the saints on Sunday. That's that coming apart. That's what Paul said. I've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Somebody talked about it already. Behold, all things have become new. Well, I want just a little bit of Jesus. Amen. But, but see, our idea is just we want a little bit of Jesus, about $1 worth of Jesus in a paper sack. That's enough. We don't, want, we don't want any more of that. I'm going to tell you, it will disturb. It'll mess up your life. Praise God. Amen. So, so, so some old things are going to have to pass away here. Number three, David did what he was good at. Amen. He, he, all he had was a slingshot. Underqualified, underarmed, no armor. All right. But, but that's all he needed as long as God was with him. Amen. Listen, our weapons always seem inadequate to us. Remember Samson killed 10,000 people and he had a jawbone of a donkey. Samson, you might as well give up a thousand of the enemy. But, but you know what God does? God will let you use what he provides you. So when all of it gets done and the, and the smoke's clear and the clouds are, are cleared out of the way and you can see, amen, we'll all understand it wasn't your expertise and it wasn't your ability. That's what selfish people are. Like, Look how tough I am. Look how bad I am. Who's getting the glory about this? God is the one that should be getting the glory. And so when it's all done, we knew like, there's no way you could do that. So it had to be a God thing. Moses had an old wooden staff. God told him to hold it out over the Red Sea. All you got is this old wooden piece of wood here. It seems that God uses whatever is available, the small, the insignificant, the unqualified. Second Kings 7 and 1, Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, shall a, and I'm, I'm going to try to close with this, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. Listen, they were in trouble. Amen. Amen. Two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Listen, the, the, the prophecy came forth in bad times, hard times, famine. Amen. The enemy had surrounded them, cut them off from their supply lines. And here was, here was three guys that were pushed out of the city because they were lepers. You can't even come in here. And if you did go in the city, they're starving too. But at twilight, the Bible said. They rose up in the twilight. Somebody had just said, why sit we here till we die? Why we just keep going over this thing? Why we just keep not expecting God to do anything for us? Why we just keep expecting to be poor all of our lives or sick or just go ahead and die? Listen, there could be a miracle that takes place. Amen. That could be, listen, somebody said when the prophet prophesied about all that happening and all that food, Somebody said, yeah, if God opened up the windows of heaven, that might could be. Well, guess what? God, that's one of the promises of God. If a person gives and pays their tithes, their 10% and gives off, he said he would open up heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you wouldn't have room enough to receive. He can do that too. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, the word went forth in spite of unbelief. Verse 5, and they arose in the twilight. This was the insignificant, unqualified rejects of society. They said, why sit we here till we die? If you read their converge, you know, their conversation, they were asking, is there some kind of a cause? There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a cause, and it has to be bigger than that, and it has to get a hold of us. Otherwise, we'll just keep just rocking on, you know, just like everybody else. Amen. And I've got to stop. Praise God. I just feel victory in the house. Victory for somebody. Victory for individuals. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together right now, and I'll be trying to close here. Brother Britt, if you'll come up and make me sound spiritual in my, in my closing remarks here. My goodness. Anybody ready to reach out amen, and embrace the promises of God again? Any, anybody say, anybody willing to say, you know what? Yes, God. Amen. Why sit we here till we die? Or who is this that's defying us? God said he'd give us power over the enemy. Amen. We're overcomers. Hallelujah. Praise God. So they rose up. If you, if you read that, they rose up. There's a reason that God said they rose up in the twilight.
the day was about ended. That's twilight is between total darkness and light. So it's in that middle. The sun had set. I mean, we might as well just go to bed. Amen. We're not getting anything. No, 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 no. They rose up at twilight. Praise God. Peter quoted Joel 2.28. He said, in the last days, the end of the, the age, about the end of it, he said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Praise God. There are going to be people, there are going to be churches catching on. Brother Bob, there will be people catching on in all different denominations. Amen. Like, oh, this thing, is, it didn't stop. Amen. And lift their hands to the Lord in repentance. And God does what he always does. If you ask in sincerity, broken, contrite spirit, he would in no wise turn away. Boom. You'll begin to feel his presence. And then you get ready. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, the man with the keys, remember? Then ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ye shall. It's a promise if you do those first two steps. Repentance and obey to be baptized. And somebody calling that name over you when you go down in the water. Hallelujah. Amen. The next step is the promise of God. Boom. I've known people getting it driving down the road. I've seen people, I've known people out on the tractor on the farm. And just, God, just get a hold of them. And they stop the tractor. I know one man I'm thinking of right now, church we pastored before we came to Maryland many years ago. Just couldn't seem to get it in the church. I don't know if he was just self-conscious of people around him or what. But got off of that tractor and got down in the middle, in, the, in between the rows of a cotton field or some kind of field. Amen. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. Hallelujah. Glorious, glorious things can happen to people, amen, who have, amen, something bigger than they are. Praise God that gets a hold of them. Praise God. Amen. God will use the available. So they rose up in faith. Hallelujah. Listen, the work of, of God is, is, is important to remember. Amen. The worker of God, rather. Amen. He says, he says that we're supposed to feed our faith and not our flesh. Amen. We are, we are growing faith here, not frustrations. And, and then the writer in Rome, Romans, Paul, I believe it was, he says, make no provisions for the flesh. But he said, clothe yourself. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I just feel like somebody, amen, God's like draping himself over you right now. Amen. That's when the work starts. Hallelujah. The faith has been released. God can do anything. He can change my, Paul said those things I used to hate. I'll add a little bit to that, all right? I'll add. Those things I used to fear, those things I used to be afraid of, those things I was like, whoa, you know, there was a middle ground people on the day of Pentecost. They, they, they said, what meaneth this? They, 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 were, they were just kind of like amazed and in doubt. But then there were those who were pricked in their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's when Peter used the keys to the kingdom. He stood up with the 11 and he said, repent. It was, a, it was, a, it was an open question, folks. It was a simple question, straight forth. So, so why do we go in circles about what to know? The, the, he gave a straight answer to a straight question. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Did he say a few or oh, oh, be nice if you did? No, none of that. He's using the key. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promises unto you, and your children, that means the next generation, obviously. And all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Aren't you glad, amen, that that promise is still real and it's still true? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, just let the Holy Ghost touch us. Let the Holy Ghost touch us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a great presence. What a great spirit. 
Amen. I'm not going to bring you to the altar. I notice nobody's running to the altar today. I'm not going to do that. Praise God. I, I, I think I might smell the coffee. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody's coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. This reminds me, Brother Chris Oakley is not back home yet from Africa. They just buried his mom, had the funeral, I think, Thursday. And so he'll be on his way back pretty soon. Let's keep them in prayer, the whole family. And uh, amen. We want to be a blessing to them. Praise God. Praise God. If there was, I'm not stopping anybody from coming to the altar. If you'd like to bring whatever problem, situation you might have. Uh, we've got all day left after we leave here. We don't have church tonight. Amen. If you'd like to do this, we won't rush God. Brother Bryant, y'all come on. Hallelujah. Come on, folks. That's all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. Anybody, if you're a guest, you're welcome to come with us. Amen. Join with us the next few minutes around the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this is where I receive my Holy Ghost strength. A power, my authority, comes right out of an altar. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Maybe you need to rise up in the twilight. Maybe you take that next step. Maybe you do have an experience with God. Maybe you know who God is. But what, listen, let, let's, let's not just put any barriers here. Let's not try to put God in a box, okay? Just Let's let him be who he is, all right? The master of every situation. The friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. He walks with us. He talks with us. He communes with us, fellowships with us. What a relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to come a little closer, that's all right. Amen. In Jesus' name. God, all those wonderful promises. Hallelujah. There is a cause, God. So many causes, God. There's a hell. Amen. It's hot. There's an eternity and it's long. There's a judgment and it's sure. Hallelujah. We have to, amen. We have to avoid that place at all costs. Hallelujah. You said the disciples in one place said they counted their lives not precious even unto the death. Amen. Lord, if we could just get somewhere close to that, God. Because we have to avoid that bad place that's created for Satan. Amen. And his angels. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for helping us with this, God. Whatever the problem, whatever the situation, the issue, amen, we trust you, Lord. You're able to help us. Hallelujah. We leave it at the altar today. Our worries, our fears, our frets, hallelujah. Unbelief, in the name of Jesus, we leave it right here. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. We receive the power, Lord, that you promised. That's it. There's a ministry of the saints. Lay hands on somebody. Lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. Touch somebody. Hallelujah. Let's get the full benefit of knowing who God is and being a believer. To be. Get whatever it is God has for you. I'll see you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I agree. That's it. Come on, receive it. Is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Sing it. Hallelujah. I will be what you called me to be. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. I will be what you called me to be. I'll say yes, Lord, I agree. 
passionately is to be what you called me to be. That's what I'll be. Hey, yeah. I will be what you called me to be. Yeah. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. Yeah. Oh, oh, I will be what you call me to be. I'll say yes, Lord, I agree, my desire passionately is to be what you call me to be, that's what I'll be. I will be what you called me to be. Yeah. I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you called me to be. That's what I'll be. I will be what you call me to be. Yeah. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you called me to be. That's what I'll be. I agree. 
I'll see you. That's what I'll be. 